Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. I created this podcast in the summer of 2020. And the reason I created this podcast was simply to help our current clients. I'm a financial advisor in St. Louis, Missouri with clients in about 20 different states. So this podcast is going to help not only our clients, but our listeners as they plan for their own retirement. Because I believe that if you can become brilliant at the basics, at the basic fundamentals, just like a basketball coach would teach the fundamentals of basketball, if you can master those basic fundamentals of retirement planning, which we talk about on this podcast, I think your odds of or your probability of success in retirement is going to be dramatically higher. A lot of people that know me uh, personally know I'm a big sports fan. Sports is full of accomplishments and hard work and teamwork and sportsmanship. There's so many different lessons that can be taken away from sports. But I was watching an interview years and years ago, and they were interviewing Davis Love III. People probably recognize that name. He's an older gentleman now, but at the time, he was one of the best golfers in the world. You would always see his name in the PGA tournaments. But in this interview, he was talking about mastering the basics of golf, which he equated to grip, stance, and alignment. He said, if you and me wanted to open up a golf school, we would spend 90% of our time working on grip, stance, and alignment. He said, if you can master those basics, those basic fundamentals, your golf game will skyrocket. So that's what we try to do on this podcast. We want to help people master the basics, the basic fundamentals when it comes to retirement planning. And one of the questions I got in December was from a listener that you know wanted me to discuss how you compensate a financial advisor out there. What is the normal fee? And again, I've talked about that on previous podcasts. It's around 1%. Maybe it's a little below, maybe it's a little above. So we're going to be talking about that on today's podcast and how you quantify the value that a financial advisor or financial advocate really brings to the table. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind listeners to check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. While you're there, you can download a lot of our free resources, such as my retirement secret sauce, our couple's guide to a dream retirement, my 2021 tax planning guide, all of that is available for free. You can download right there on the website. And while you're there, submit your questions. We use so many listener questions to help really guide our conversation on this podcast. So we spent almost the entire month of December's episodes talking about listener questions and helping answer those. Chances are, if you have a question about retirement, it's probably on somebody else's mind as well. So submit those questions at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's discuss today's question. And we're going to spend the entire episode going over this because it's a really in-depth topic and there's a lot to cover. So how do you compensate a financial advisor? What is a normal cost? And how do you measure you know, the value that you're going to get out of this relationship? So first off, how do you compensate a financial advisor? 
there's really three ways a financial advisor can be compensated. Number one, they might charge hourly, hourly consulting, just like maybe you would pay a lawyer, an attorney, right? They may charge $100 an hour to do planning and consultation visits. So that's one way, just an hourly rate. Those type of advisors are maybe fee only. You might hear that, hourly fee only. The other way you can compensate an advisor, number two of three, is commissions through purchasing a long-term care insurance policy that would pay the advisor a commission. Maybe it's a life insurance product, or maybe it's an investment product like an annuity or a mutual fund. That advisor charges a commission that they earn on the transaction of some kind of investment product or insurance product. And if you are going that route, the commission route, and you're comfortable paying a commission to your financial advisor, just maybe ask and and have an understanding of what that commission is you're paying because you have a right to know. And I'm not going to give my opinion. I probably have on previous podcasts of what way of compensating a financial advisor is best in my opinion. I'm going to leave that up to you. But the third way is becoming more and more popular, especially with more advisors becoming fiduciaries like I am. As a fiduciary, in my opinion, the client's best interest is the only interest that really should be considered. So by introducing like conflicts of interest, like commissions and things like that, that kind of muddies the waters. So I personally don't practice in that manner. So you can work in what's called an advisory relationship, advisory fee. So what that means is it's a flat cost. Let's say it's 1%. So if you've got $100,000, well, 1% of $100,000 is $1,000 per year. So another way to think of it is your account, the cost of working with the advisory just reduces your performance, comes right out of your retirement portfolio. And aside from that, as the value of your overall portfolio goes up, typically your flat advisory fee will go down. And another advantage of you know having an advisory fee is you're not paying out of pocket. You're not paying, writing a check to your financial advisor every quarter. I mean, you can in a lot of instances, but a lot of people like to have that advisory fee that comes out of their retirement accounts. And so another way to think of it is if it's coming out of your IRA, SEP IRA, something like that, and it's a pre-tax account, you're paying the cost of your advisor with pre-tax dollars. So that's a huge advantage right there. But I wanted to introduce this white paper that Vanguard did back in 2019 to try to illustrate the value that an advisor brings to the table. In other words, if you're paying, let's just say, a an average of a 1% annual advisory fee to your financial planner, what do you get in return? And so this research that Vanguard did, they hired some very, very bright people, CPAs, CFAs, to do this study called the Advisors Alpha, which was published in February of 2019. And it tried to quantify if your advisor is doing everything they should be doing, what excess return does your advisory fee provide you? Now, I have a lot of people that just kind of think very simply and and conceptually, and they say, well, just conceptually speaking, if I'm paying my advisor 1% per year and my portfolio will provide a return with their help, with their guidance, 
will provide me a return of 1% higher than I could do on my own, well, then it doesn't cost me anything. It's just a benefit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking about it like that. But what I want to highlight here is performance, the added performance of your portfolio with a financial advisor on your side is just one element of what you should be getting from having a fiduciary advisor on your side, in your corner. So this study that Vanguard did, and they paid these people a lot of money to do this research, and what they found was, is yes, the average advisory fee that people pay is around 1% per year as far as an advisory fee. But what they found was is there's a lot of components that an advisor can bring to the table, be it rebalancing and behavioral coaching and tax-efficient withdrawals in retirement and total return versus income investing, all these different things that an advisor can bring to the table. And what they found was it's about 3.3% per year is what an advisor can increase your returns if they check all the boxes, so to speak. If they're doing everything they should be doing, it's going to add about 3.3% per year to your outcome, to your returns. And for someone like myself, this is a 28-page white paper, but I, I just wanted to hit the highlights here. It tells me is, okay, there's a lot of alpha or value that an advisor can bring to the table if they do the work and do the proper planning and really do the coaching they should do for their clients. And again, if you're getting 3.3% excess returns and you only have to pay 1% to get that, well, that's a good deal. Now, I had somebody comment on Vanguard and why they would do this research, why they would pay so much money to these financial experts to do this research, to come out with an outcome and then publish the thing. Because Vanguard is known to be an index fund. They're a custodian for a lot of 401ks. Some people have IRAs and Roth IRAs with them, but they're known to be very low cost index funds and mutual funds. And a lot of people that work with Vanguard don't work with their own personal financial planner. So it's very ironic that Vanguard would kind of advocate working with a financial advisor when most of their customers are not because they're trying to go the, the low cost route. And I think what people are forgetting is when it comes to retirement planning and overall building the idea of building wealth, what people forget is that there's so many other variables that contribute to the outcome, like a tax-efficient withdrawal strategy in retirement. And gosh, this study showed that just with a tax-efficient withdrawal strategy, that can add 1.1% to your net return per year with the help of a good, competent financial advisor. And what I took away out of this white paper is there's nothing wrong with paying for advice from a competent individual like a financial advisor because of the value that they bring to the table, the years of experience. And really, you're hoping that they're there to coach you above all else. I am of the opinion that all financial advisors should have the heart of a teacher to be there to hold your hand and walk you through this journey because it's really that coaching that's going to have the greatest impact on your success. Because that's really what financial advisors are. They're just a form of a coach. The best athletes in the world, they all have coaches. 
whether it's Phil Mickelson, the famous professional golfer, he has a swing coach. Michael Jordan, he had a head coach. He had a head basketball coach, right? Phil Jackson for all those years. Whether it's LeBron James is an incredible basketball player. All these different professional athletes, baseball players have swing coaches, but they're supposed to have the best swing of any person in the world. But these professional baseball teams all have a hitting coach, and a lot of the players have their own coach on the side. Think of all the professional singers out there. They all have singing coaches. Heck, I even have my own life coach and business coach. I'm not ashamed to admit that either. And I will say my mentor, my business coach and life coach, it's very expensive hiring him, but it has been some of the best money I have ever spent. So even yours truly has a coach. Now, with that being said, again, we've learned, we've kind of covered, okay, the average cost of a fiduciary advisor Maybe it's a 1% advisory fee per year. I am not saying to all my listeners that every financial advisor that you meet will be worth that 1%. I think there are a lot of terrible financial advisors that don't work hard. I think there are some incredible financial advisors that are incredibly experienced and knowledgeable, and they are well worth any cost of doing business that you will pay them. I think you'll find that in any profession. If you hired an attorney, there's going to be attorneys that are worth every dime and other ones that are not so good. Maybe they're very crummy. There are probably doctors out there that are very bad and have been sued a bunch of times because they do terrible work and they don't care. And then there are other doctors who are incredible. Not only are they knowledgeable and they're an expert in their field, but they truly care. So moral of the story, what I'm trying to say here is You may have to talk to a couple different financial planners to see which person you think is the best fit, and you'll be able to tell. Now, a follow-up question that this listener had was, as far as financial advisors go, do some financial advisors have specialties, or are they all just generalist? Well, you'll be happy to know that just like doctors have specialties, financial planners have specialties too. For example, myself, I work with people 50 and older as they plan for a successful future, a successful retirement. That's my specialty. I have a friend. He's a financial advisor. He's actually out West, and he works with Major League Baseball players, right? He's a financial advisor for Major League Baseball players. So how do you work with him? Well, there's only 30 Major League Baseball teams. Here in St. Louis, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. You have to play professional baseball for one of those 30 teams in order to become a client of his. He doesn't work with professional basketball players. He only works with financial baseball players. And he is a fantastic financial advisor, but only for professional baseball players because he understands the Major League Baseball Players Association and he understands how contracts are written. He understands disability insurance for professional baseball players. All these different specialties that only professional baseball athletes deal with. I also know another financial advisor that's a specialist. He only works with teachers. All of his clients are teachers in the Missouri pension system. So he understands the Missouri teachers retirement system like the back of his hand. His specialty is in advising Missouri teachers 
on their retirement planning when it comes to their Missouri teachers' benefits. So I always tell people, hey, if you're looking for a financial planner to partner with, look for someone that has a specialty that applies to your situation. If you're a professional athlete, find somebody who specializes in helping and advising professional athletes. Now, will a specialist cost you more money? Is there a premium that specialists charge? Sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't, right? So it's kind of like I had a client that had cataract surgery. He's uh, down in Florida. And if you know anything about cataract surgery, it's very expensive. Insurance does not cover it. So you're paying out of pocket. And they do one eye at a time. And it's a very quick procedure, but you want to find someone who's a specialist. And this client of mine did down in Florida. Ask around, ask other doctors, retired folks that he knew that were friends and family members in his area down in Florida. And the same name, the same doctor kept coming up. And he went to the guy, and I believe it was $7,000 per eye, $14,000, right? A lot of money. This is an expensive surgery. And he said each eye was less than four minutes. Less than four minutes an eye, seven grand per eye. And he asked the doctor afterwards, he said, gosh, what is that per hour? What are you making? And the doctor who's a specialist, you know, he was very confident, very proud. He said, you're not paying me by the minute here. You're paying me for the years and years of experience and sacrifice, all the baseball games and and softball games I miss from my kids when I was in school studying and then working to gain that experience and that and accumulate that wisdom that I need to be the best. And that's why you hired me as a doctor because I'm the best there is because I'm a specialist. And my client told him, well, you're right. He said, for something as important as cataract surgery, I mean, this is my eyes we're talking about. You're right. You're worth it. And I'm glad you were able to do the surgery. And I would argue as far as hiring a retirement planner, a financial planner, the cost that you pay them, the cost of doing business, I mean, it's just as important as cataract surgery. Having someone that's there and cares and can point out the gaps that you might have in your financial life and make recommendations to fill in those gaps so you have a better possible financial outcome in the future. Like I said earlier in this episode, having a financial advisor, a competent financial advisor, is worth every penny in my professional opinion, but I also will admit and recognize that there are some bad financial advisors that are probably not worth the cost that you're paying them. Inevitably, you're going to have those bad apples, but it's up to you to find that financial advisor who's a fiduciary and who cares about your success. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. I will see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are 
unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Investor Program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Investor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you.